Hello Church, Happy Advent. Christmas is inching closer and closer day by day. And uh, I pray that this season of anticipation and celebration has helped you fix your eyes upon Christ uh, in a way that is much needed in this particular year. So many distractions, so many difficulties. Uh, there's a source of peace that comes from fixing our eyes upon the Father, fixing our eyes upon Christ, and uh, hopefully this season has taken over your thoughts in a good way and refocused us in an important way, a beautiful way to end this year with uh, celebrating God's love for the world, no matter how crazy this life is. So as we've been going through this Advent season, there's been a concept, a particular word that has just kept standing out to me again and again, and that's what I would like to make the focus of our scripture readings today. And it's the concept of light. You know, God is light. Uh, Jesus is the light of the world. Um, Jesus has come into the world, and on Christmas, the star marked the way, but Jesus' light illuminates the way for us to connect with the Father, and then he calls us the light of the world. And these themes of light have just been um, coming back to me again and again and again, and I want us to focus on them. I want us to take a minute and to just think about uh, what I'm calling the history of light. I'll call it the history of light in this conversation because I'd like to track what the Bible says about light, all the way from Genesis 1-1 where God makes the heavens and earth and the first thing he creates is light. He illuminates things and he separates darkness all the way to some of the letters of John uh, at the very end of the Bible where John says, you know, this is the message we've heard that God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. And everything in between with the Old Testament and New Testament, with the history of the Jewish people and then with Christ and his resurrection and the early church is all examples of God being light in a dark world. And uh, what does this mean for us? These are the questions that have been coming to me, you know, you know, what does it mean for us to stand in the light? For better or for worse, to just let God show us for who we are, to ourselves, but to people around us. What does it mean for us to be light to the world? What does it mean for Jesus to be the light of the world? Does he just give a nice warm glow? Is it like an affectionate thing? Is it a very stark revealing thing? You know, condemning sort of thing? Like, ah, stay away from the light. Um, what parts of us are, are in darkness right now? Uh, maybe we don't know which way to go or what decision to make. There's been a lot of decisions we've all had to make this year. How do I do this? What am I going to do? Decisions. That's a dark area, the unknown. And that when, yet when God shines his light, we get to see what his will is. We step forward in a certain path because we're walking in the light. But the light isn't everywhere all the time, and there are a lot of things that are still darkened to us. We just do not yet know. Darkness also has to do a lot with sin, with hiding, with shame, lying, you know, covering the truth instead of illuminating the truth. So light and dark are contrasted throughout scripture. And so there's this history of this word and this concept of light that traces its way all the way through scripture. And so I'd like to do a kind of uh, word study. There's many different ways to study scripture. And sometimes you take a, a particular verse and you just focus on it and dig it deep and just meditate on it. Other times you take a particular word and you see where it has occurred everywhere in the Bible do a word search on Bible Gateway or on, on another tool and just look it up and then read through them all and learn more and more about that word. Well, that's what we're doing here with the word light, uh, doing a word study. And so it's not every time that the word light has appeared in scripture, but it's all of like the key ones that say a specific thing about the light of God, Jesus as light, us as light, living in the light, walking in the light. And I think it's important for us 
I think it's important for us to embrace the light, to be the light to the world, uh, to recognize which things are dark and which things are light, and to, um, to celebrate the light in this Christmas season. And we've been doing a series now for the past, well, I don't know, maybe two or three months, where we're looking at Christianity as apprenticeship to Christ, right? And so we looked at, we come to him, and essentially that is the best definition, modern definition in our language of uh, what discipleship is. Become a disciple of Christ means just be an apprentice to him. We follow him. So we've talked about um, bringing him all of our failures. You know, the resume of our weaknesses actually is what qualifies us to become an apprentice to the master. We've talked about Jesus doing house calls. He's incarnate. And we, we go with him. We apprentice under him. We go to where the problems are and try to meet them with the love of God. We've talked about humility being how we measure things. We've talked about prayer being how we power things. <clears throat> we've talked about... Uh, just so many different parts of this apprenticeship. And so this time I want to think about how light impacts the work that Christ does. It's a very easy correlation, right? When, when someone's working on something in the workshop, you need light. If there's no light, you can't see what you're working on. If there's dim light, you're going to miss things. You're going to make mistakes. If you're trying to paint in very dim light, you can't really see clearly. And eventually when the full light comes on, it's going to be a, a shabby work of art because you couldn't see what you were doing. You know, when we go out to work on a house and it's night, you got to put on floodlights so that you can get something done because if you just work in the dark, it's going to be haphazard and poorly done and eventually the light will reveal the work that was done. Well, that's how it is in our spiritual life. A lot of times we operate blindly. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. We're just going, we're doing. And then when God reveals that we step back, we're like, oh man, what a mess. So if we operate in the light of Christ, bit by bit, he just shows us what we're working on. He makes it clear. He's the light of the world because he makes God clear. We understand God. He gives us light so we can see ourselves for better or for worse. We both, with Christ and us together, shed light on the areas where we're working. And you know, the, the flashlight or the, the powerful light that we shine on the workspace, it doesn't make something good or bad. Light doesn't change things, it just illuminates them. It enlightens things. So when we come into Christ's light, it doesn't change the good or bad, it just shows us honestly who we are. And we bring light into the world, it doesn't change the world, it just shows, oh, here, when we're working, it's not making us more or less skillful in all we're doing, it's just showing us so that we can work with the light of Christ, with things as they really are. You know, God's the only one who really sees reality as reality. All of us besides him, besides Christ, have a perspective on it, our own vision, the limited bit that we can see. So true light would be seeing fully, would be seeing clearly, uh, and that's evidently what God's intent is because he talks about giving us wisdom, which just comes from the Greek word for clarity. So I hope that this word study of the scripture uh, on light will give us clarity, help us to see ourselves, help us to long for the light and see how wonderful it is. We've been called into his wonderful light. Um, as I read through these scriptures, this in essence is my message for the day. Uh, I'm not going to do a ton of expounding upon each scripture. I'm just going to let the scriptures speak for themselves. Uh, I've read through them a couple of times now and it takes about 15 minutes to hear this history of light, history of God's light and how it compares and contrasts. So I encourage you to, if you'd like to at any moment, stop, you know, pause the video, think about a particular scripture that stands out to you. 
Don't try to look at them up as we go. Uh, just read through them, listen through them with me. Feel free to go back and look up particular ones uh, or even dig deeper than I have and look up more of the times where the word light appears in the Bible and what the Bible teaches. I think it will be enlightening to us. and I think it'll bring the, the meaning of the Christmas season home even more firmly and more deeply than it has maybe yet to this point. So please, let's, uh, let's dig into God's Word and let's ask the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to us. Pray with me for just a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would allow these scriptures to be alive to us, that your Word would be living and active, and that it would shine light on us and divide between even bone and marrow this, the, the sharpness and, and perceptiveness of your truth. May it speak to us. May we see clearly as a result of your Word opening our eyes. Please open our eyes to hear whatever it is that you want to say to each one of us, myself included, as we, we adore and we, we reverence and as we learn from uh, your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so the first few scriptures are specifically about God the Father, and then we'll look at a few scriptures about Jesus as God's light in the world, and then us, kind of third, how we are the light of the world. But listen to the Bible's teachings on God and light. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. God lives in unapproachable light. His clarity, his power, his light is something you can't even withstand to be in the presence of. It's so perfect. Genesis 1-1, then, God, as he steps from his unapproachable light into our world and begins this history, our history, with his light. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. So God brings light into a dark world, and it's good. It's the first thing he does, and it's his moment of revealing and clarifying and uh, beginning to create then in that light, and he separated it from the darkness. First John 1 says, This is the message we have heard from Jesus and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. There is no evil in God. There is no failing in God. There is no weakness in God. There is no darkness. There is no unknown in God. God is light. It defines his character. And as he created the world, and in Christ as he entered the world, everywhere he goes, he brings light. So if we shift now, we look at Jesus as the light of God. We need to start with John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus' life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of flesh nor of blood, nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. So you see this life that enters into the world, this Jesus who is with God in the beginning brings it and the darkness can't overcome it, but the darkness also doesn't understand it. But yet to everyone who steps into the light, we get to become children of God. So Jesus has this light, you know, in his workshop and he invites us into the light. You can't go and be with him and remain in the dark. You can't hide, you can't do secrets, can't do lying, can't do shame, can't do those things. Those are the deeds of the darkness. We can't do, we come to him and it's just all laid bare. And this is a beautiful thing. It actually enables us to be called Christians, to be called children of God when we step into the light, when we accept and receive Christ as the light of God. Luke 2.28, as Jesus' birth, you know, this is the Christmas season we're in right now. Simeon took the baby Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. It's so much here. I've seen, you've illuminated my eyes. It's going to be, Jesus is going to be a light to the Gentiles. So he's going to illuminate God to the Gentiles. He's going to show the world what they couldn't understand about God. He's going to make it visible. He'll be a light. And in, in Simeon's old age, his eyes were still able to see this light of God in this baby Jesus. He recognized this was the baby that had been prophesied. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. John 3.16, Jesus says to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes into the light, so it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out in God. So Jesus is saying, God has sent me into the world to save the world, but it takes a recognition of our sins. And that's the beautiful part of grace. We bring to Christ all of our weaknesses and he is our savior. We're not equals with him. He invites us to follow and become his apprentices. apprentices. Uh, but people love the darkness because they don't want to be found out. You cannot be an apprentice to Christ and still stay hidden in our sins. It's darkness separated from light. Jesus is the light of the world. John 8, 12, Jesus said to the, spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, light leads to life. Darkness leads to death. Walk around in the dark, you're going to bang into things, you're going to end up hurting yourself. You walk in the light, you see clearly where you're going, you understand our relationship to God, you understand Christ, understand our sins, and also our hope. And it leads to life. So light leads to life, darkness to death. John 9, 1. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man blind from birth. Again, Jesus is healing as symbolically showing what he's doing spiritually for the world. Spiritual blindness, physical blindness. John 9, 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. 
As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So having said this, he spit on the ground and he made some mud with the saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. And if you would continue that there in John 9, you see the ramifications for the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders who refused to see, and his parents who came to see, and this man who came to see, Jesus brought light, said, I am the light of the world, physically, and spiritually, and eternally. John 12, then Jesus told them, you are, John 12, 35, Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. He's walking with his first apprentices going to have the light just a little while longer, so walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he was going, so put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of light. So trust the light. Trust what Jesus says. When he says something is good, something is bad, something is worth the effort, something is worth avoiding, trust him because that life, that light rather, will make it so that we may become sons of light. We actually become children of light. We're adopted into a family of light. We begin to radiate light. We become light for those around us. 2 Peter 1.16 says, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is My Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. So we have the word of the prophets made even more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place." until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So Peter's saying, we didn't make up these stories. We were there, we saw Jesus. We heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, so we do well to pay attention to it as to a light in a dark place. Like Seek out Jesus, read what he has to say, ask him what he'll say. It'll be like a light in the darkness until the day comes, judgment day, when ultimately everything becomes clear. And as we do pay attention to it, the morning star rises in our own hearts. We get those sort of aha moments the more that Jesus speaks to our clouded vision, to our darkened understanding, to the places we would rather hide, to the truths that we would rather avoid. He says, don't be afraid. There's no shame or guilt. Didn't come to condemn. I came. They may step into the light. And that life, that light leads to life, not to death. It's safe in the light. Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. So work out your salvation. It's actually God working on you in this dark place so that you shine like a star in the universe. Think about stars, how far away they are and how far their light travels. You can't hide the light of a star. It just pierces through the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome the light. So be like that. Pursue God so that we may be pure and blameless so that Jesus may help us walk in the light and that others can see, oh, God is light. God is love. God is life. So Jesus is the light. He, he sends us to become 
the light of the world. It's this progression. God is light. Jesus is the light of God. And through his spirit, we become the light of the world. We continue as apprentices in the work of Christ. And so these next scriptures speak to us being the light of the world, not just hanging on to Jesus' light, who is the true light, but us now becoming the light for the world. Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Imagine that the light of the world is saying that we're the light of the world. God, the light of the world, says, Jesus is my son, the light of the world. And Jesus, the light of the world, says, you, my people, are the light of the world. Wow, we're being equated to the image of God in the glory of Christ. That's a powerful thing. Don't miss that. Don't minimize that. Jesus said to God's people, those who believe, those, his apprentices, his disciples, you are the light of the world. It's a responsibility, but it's also such an honor. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, who is in heaven. So live your life where the world can see you, not for their credit or their applause, but so that someone might see how much God loves them by how much God loves us and how much we in turn love Him. You know, don't just hide in church meetings and in church buildings and in Christian homes and in Christian Bible studies. Be active in the world with the love of Christ. Do house calls. Be God incarnate in the flesh because people will say, wow, this sort of love I've never seen someplace else. Where'd you get it? I want some. We say, well, it's through Christ. It's from God by his mercy. 1 John 1, 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with Christ... And yet walk in the darkness, we're lying. We do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We're all in the light together. And the blood of Jesus, God's son, purifies us from all sin. He makes up for whatever mistakes we make. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And if we remember Psalm 119, 105, we know your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God, which became flesh, the word of God is a lamp. It's a light. It helps us to see where we're going. And when we walk together in the light, we have fellowship. But we don't walk in the light because we're perfect. It doesn't mean people of light, children of light are perfect. They're just people who are honest, genuine. The good and the bad, Christ accepts us and he's working on us. He's molding us and shaping us. We have hope that the things we struggle with now, we'll struggle with less and eventually won't struggle with at all. So it doesn't mean perfect to be in the light. It just means honest. It means visible for the good and for the bad. And for the good, we give glory to God. And for the bad, we pray to God and we thank him for his grace. Romans 13.10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So the things we do in the darkness get us nowhere, but light becomes armor and protects us from the darkness. The darkness can't overcome light. Light pierces the darkness. So if we stay in the light, it'll act as a protection. Christ's light will protect us. We'll see things clearly for what they are. Temptation will lose some of its sting. 
some of its allure because we'll see it for what it is. It's a cheap imitation that's destined to destroy us. And if we walk this way, we're just going to get hurt. But if we walk in the light, it will lead us to life. So light is actually an armor. 1 Thessalonians 5.1 continues that, the armor of light. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Let me catch my place up here again. Yes. Picking up again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So on the day of judgment, when everything is made clear by a God who lives in unapproachable light, <laughs> the fact that we've walked in the light of Christ and that our sins are not counted against us by his blood is going to mean that it protects us from our own judgment. We all deserve the judgment of God. Me, you, all of us. But the fact that we walked in the light means that we own it. We say this is true. These are our sins, but we're relying upon Jesus to be our atonement. And so therefore we'll survive the day because we do not belong anymore to the darkness or the night. We're sons of the day. We're children of God. There's this kind of equality. These next few scriptures talk about the equality, the good and the bad. Everything gets laid bare before God. Light is like an equal opportunity sort of thing. It doesn't just shine on things that are good or shine that are things that are bad. And some people use the light in this way. They say, I'm shining the light on this, which is bad. I'm shining the light, which is on this, which is good, or, or on this, which is bad. They kind of go around finding bad things and shining God's light. It's meant to just illuminate everything. Because God sees everything. So when we live in light, it shows good things too. The light of Christ illuminates wonderful things and beautiful things and also illuminates bad things. It's just truth. Light is just clarity. It just makes everything visible. These next few scriptures teach us that pretty clearly. Ephesians 5, 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Recognize that? Not you did darkness, you were darkness, but now you are light. That's our identity. Our identity is light. Now you are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. Now the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So there's the armor of light and there's the fruit of light. So try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let me read that again. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Darkness, death, light of Christ, life. So look carefully then how you walk. Like, Pay attention. See where you're walking. Open your eyes. Wake up. See how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Again, wisdom comes from the word clarity from God. 
It's a gift from him. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the word, what the will of the Lord is. May we, may we all have that kind of wisdom and that kind of clarity that even though the days are short and the days are evil, that we live as light, live powerfully, awake with our eyes opened to reality the entire time that we're here on this earth. Luke 8.16 says, No one lights a lamp and hides it under a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Again, you know, don't hide your light. But the point of the light is for others to see. So they come into the house. I can't see where I'm going. If we shine the light, it helps others to see as well. And eventually everything is going to be laid bare. God is going to hold no punches when we see him face to face. So then really listen now. Because here's our chance to gain wisdom while we live and to be fruitful. 1 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. And at that time, each will receive his praise from God. We're supposed to live as light. We're not supposed to be the judge. And that's usually what people say when they talk about truth and about being light. We're shining light in all the dark corners. By living as children of light, darkness will be shown for what it is. God is the judge. Who are we to judge our own neighbor, look at the log in our own eye, or, you know, that sort of thing? Like, just live as children of light. The rest will take care of itself. When we truly love and others compare that kind of love to the other temporary substitute loves they see, it'll just, there'll be no comparison. God's love will be better. And they'll say, wow, God's love is amazing. They'll glorify God on the day of his visitation. So don't use our light as like an interrogation light, to shine our light on someone, to show them for their flaws. Let us step into the light ourselves and embrace it for all the flaws that it shows in us. When you look in the mirror and the lights come on in the bathroom and you see flaws and imperfections, and we're not putting on a bunch of makeup here. We're not hiding. We're just saying, there's my reflection and God loves me. And we just go and we live our lives in the light. And when others see that, it'll shine light on them by virtue of their association and their proximity to us. Don't use God's love like an interrogation lamp. Use it like a light that we are longing to be a part of. Isaiah 5.20 just says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, those who put darkness for light and light for darkness, those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are exchanging the good for the bad. It will be on them when they see God face to face. Let's not be that way. So where do we go from here? Just a couple more scriptures. We want to be the light. Want to be the light. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen people, church, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let me say that again. A people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world, abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul and live such good lives among the pagans, although that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Just live it out. Praise God for calling us into his wonderful light. And even though people may accuse us of this and that, just live for God so that in the day of his visitation, people may give glory to God. And our last passage to read together, this history of light as we see it in Scripture, is 2 Corinthians 4, 1. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our good news, our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Have a heart for the lost. Let me read that again. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but it is Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in our jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The light is not ours. We're housing it, but we become light for those around us. And that doesn't mean that we just shine light on bad things. It just means that we shine the truth of God. We shine the love of God and it shows all the counterfeits for what they are. Let us embrace the light in all those areas in our lives that are darkness. Let us pray that God gives us clarity. For those who have no light of God in the face of Christ, complete darkness, pray that there'll be just a sliver of light that will make it into their understanding so that they may have freedom because we're no better or worse. We've just seen that God is good and stepped into the light. And because Christ is at work in this world and he's shining light in the places he's working, we can step into his light and we can join him. The light doesn't make us better or worse. It just shows us who we are. And we, by the mercies of God, we thank Jesus that he loves us. And he's called us to become children of God. So may this Christmas season, this Advent season, be one of illumination for you and for me. May we be illumination for the world to see things it could not see, things that we could not see if Christ did not reveal them. May we recognize that as we step into the light, we're stepping into the, the unapproachable light of the presence of God who created light in the first place, who stepped into the world as the word, as the light, in Christ, who then calls us the light of the world and sends us out to show the glory of God in the face of Christ. May you be blessed by this study of the word light. May God shine light into your heart and into my heart. And may we look for opportunities to shine lights so that people may see us, but recognize that these jars of clay are just 
uh, a poor vessel housing such a beautiful gift from God and that there is a God who loves them and desires for them to step into his light and his life as well. May God bless you in the light of Christ this Advent season.